This episode is sponsored in part by Betterment. Get up to one year managed free by visiting betterment.com slash GOG. This episode is also sponsored in part by Privacy. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to privacy.com slash GOG. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. A very excited Brian Schulmeister. Yeah, something's up from that intro, I can tell. Yep, Picard's back. Guess who's back? Mm, mm, <laughs> Picard's back. Mm, mm. I'm very excited about this. So this was announced uh, the, a couple days ago at some sort of Star Trek Las Vegas convention thing. Uh, there's going to be a new show. So Star Trek uh, the CBS All Access will now have two shows. That's right. Oop, tacked and Picard back. <laughs> but uh, Picard back. I like that. Uh, who knows when the hell we're actually going to get this. They haven't even started. So it's going to be at least, I'd say, two years. But uh, I'm very excited to have him back, uh, uh, you know, and, and basically so's everyone. The Internet yeah. melted down. Yeah, the Internet shit their proverbial diapers that day. Yeah. And for good reason. Uh, there's some interesting articles out there. I particularly like the one over at Salon that talked about um, if the track universe presented a leader like Picard, a genteel yet firm boss with a deep appreciation for Shakespeare, Earl Grey tea, expansive thinking and universal understanding. And maybe because back then we all thought we were just shy of getting to a better place with regard to how we treat <laughs> each other. Boy, is it good to have him back because we need him right now. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Yeah, so very exciting stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. It's, 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 it's been a shining star in a year of crap. Ain't that the truth? And uh, speaking of Star Trek, we've had a transporter accident. That's, that, that happens every <laughs> now and again in the future. And now there are two grumpy old geeks a week. Wait, hold on. Does that mean? Does that mean on Thursday we'll have beards and we'll be the evil versions? Exactly. Or, or maybe Mondays. I don't know. One day a week we're going to okay. be bastards. <laughs> So the usual Monday episode will be a recap of the news of the week and security, huh? Like usual. Uh, plus some apps and doodads and bric-a-brac. And uh, maybe some other stuff that we'll throw in. And Thursday's episode will be any breaking news since the last episode and, that we want to make fun of, of course, because it's not really worth it if we can't make fun of it. And uh, media candy at the library, more on the weekend, feedback loop. And this is a transition for us. So mm -hmm. maybe a little bit bumpy while we smooth things out and figure out how this is going to work. So uh, keep your seatbelts fastened until the artificial gravity returns, because in the future, obviously, things do break. And uh, this, like I said, this is all subject to change. We're feeling it out. But we hope that two shorter episodes will make it easier for everyone to hear the whole show every week and easier on us so we don't have to do marathon editing and prep sessions and can break things up a bit to fit with our new schedules because Brian has baby schedule and I have heat stroke schedule and all sorts <laughs> of other stuff. And uh, hey, we get to sell more ads. <laughs> this is true. Yes. How about a little follow up? Well, movie passes have had a bumpy ride themselves, haven't they? Oh, my goodness. Have they ever? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, shockingly enough, what we've said since day one, their their business model could not sustain itself. And it didn't. And then they almost ran out of money. And then they got um, more funding again. And now they've gone ahead and made a change to something that makes a slight bit more sense. Uh, they're charging $9.99 again. But you get to only see three movies a month instead of the unlimited all in that uh, they originally promised that everybody was very excited about. 
you know, that's still, you know, like 333 a movie. Still yep. not bad. They're still going to be losing movies. money, just not as much. As much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Talk about, uh, yeah, plugging the holes on the Titanic with toilet paper. That's about I, what they're yeah. doing. It's, it's, I can't, again, this is one of those questions that I always have. Who's investing in this at this point? <laughs> well, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> there, therein lies the problem where they're out of money. Yes. So, good times. And we talked in the past about the Red's Hydrogen One phone, which is going to have some sort of 3D thing that can't be visualized on the internets or interwebs. You have to see it in person because supposedly it's really cool and you just can't see it any other way. And guess what? It's not coming anytime soon. It's been delayed again. Again. You know, that that, that pesky FCC, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, you, you kind of have to get those things sorted out before you actually say when things are going to come out. Yep, it's just, it's just feeling like a Kickstarter at the moment, but we shall see. <laughs> which is surprising coming from, you know, the people that make the red cameras, which are like the staple in Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they'd have their ish together by yeah. by this point, but I guess going from a camera to a phone eh, it might be a little harder than people thought, especially a cool Star Trekian space 3D phone. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, and uh, we talk a lot about the gig economy and we rail about it and how it's not really that great for people. Apparently, the high court here in California has decided uh, we're right. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> somebody somebody agrees with us. We're right again. Yes, we're right again. So uh, some of the innovation that Silicon Valley sorts like to blather on about compromises creative approaches to shortchanging the workforce. The gig economy is in large part a euphemism for reclassifying droves of tech sector serfs as independent contractors to avoid such supposedly outmoded paradigms as minimum wages, overtime and health care. You know, all those things companies are supposed to provide to their employees. But right. if we don't if we say you're not an employee. We don't have to. Well, the court has said this is a load of shit, and uh, you can't do that <laughs> anymore. Uh, and, of course, all these Silicon Valley companies, are such as uh, DoorDash, Postmates, TaskRabbit, Instacart, etc., 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 Uber, Lyft, are all getting together and saying that this was going to decimate their businesses while stifling innovation and threatening the livelihoods of millions of working Californians. Um, My argument would be you are already threatening the livelihoods of millions <laughs> of working Californians, and they're trying to help and fix that. Yeah, yeah, you're the problem, not the solution. Maybe, yes. maybe look in a mirror. So I'm quite pleased with this decision, and uh, I hope this sort of thing continues because uh, this stuff ain't right, people. It ain't right. It was a good idea to try, but you know, maybe it's just not working. Not yep. working. In the news. Speaking of things that might have been a good idea and not really working, Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Social media in general, of course, we talk about. But Facebook <laughs> had a uh, had an interesting apology this week because there was a big earthquake. And, yes. and Facebook has a little section on their site where you can log in and say, hey, I'm safe if, yes. you're, if you're in the, the area. Well, somebody didn't get the memo on uh, a certain word. And what it did was it triggered the congratulations animation on Facebook. So you're 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 logging into your, you know, earthquake thing and it, you say, I'm safe. Great. And then the balloons start popping. Confetti starts coming out like, woohoo, woohoo. And well, I mean, I suppose honestly, we are happy that you're safe. <laughs> honestly, I don't see the problem with it because <laughs> I would be very excited that I'm safe, too. You know, here's the thing. Uh, it's a total screw up, but why do we have this at all anyways? And why isn't there a setting? To, again, let's go back to what we always talk about. If we had built this, 
we would have made a setting to turn the stupid infantile stuff off. I don't need balloons and things to appear every time I type the word congratulations. I don't want them to appear. But there may be a setting, but Facebook's settings are so convoluted, and you can't you could never find it even if you wanted to. I know. It's so dumb. Yeah. I it's they have that on iOS too. Anytime you type certain words, you get little things in in iMessage or messages. Yes, or because we are it. now all 5 years old. We are, oh, yeah. are no, none of us are adults anymore. Now we need cute animations all the time. This was a fun one on my birthday, on my watch, on the notifications when you pull it down. I could clear my notifications all day, but at the very top there was a little picture of a balloon and it said happy birthday. And if I clicked, if I pressed the button, then balloons would come up on my watch and fly up and pop and stuff like that. And I couldn't get rid of the notification. It was there all day. Oh, God. So I could give myself balloons all day long because I am five years old. And I need I need my watch to affirm my self-worth. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ, people. Is this, is this really the world we want? I turned 47, not 4.7. Come on. It's a rounding or a decimal point error. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, fun times this week for Alex Jones, our favorite conspiracy theorist asshole. Just <laughs> asshole, actually. He's just an yeah. asshole. Uh, he was kicked off of basically YouTube, Facebook, Apple. Uh, they they all kind of rushed. Apple did, was the first to kick him off. He kicked him off the iTunes platform. Mm -hmm. Yep, and said, "Nope, no more. You broke our broke our rules." And yep. This is very funny. If you go listen, you can go type in conspiracy theory podcast into the search engine on iTunes. And there are probably thousands of people just like him. He's just the most famous. Well, see, and this is the problem I have with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in what your problem with this is, Brian. Well, I don't mind the fact that they've booted him for breaking the terms of service. He has. And I, I do understand stand that uh, this is, uh, well, this used to be a democracy. We're holding on tight trying to keep it one uh and in that you know everybody has free speech and and certainly it's a slippery slope to remove anybody just because we don't like what they're saying but having said all that first off he has not been censored he can still put up anything he wants on his own site nobody's stopping that his podcast is still there it's not yep. he they didn't take down his podcast they just removed him from the itunes directory yes and and as far as his presence on platforms, well, they are just platforms. They don't they're not required to put everybody <laughs> up there, right? That's what they're we're just hearing. a platform. They're just a platform, and if you break the rules of the platform, they can remove you. And he is breaking the rules. The problem I have is the inconsistency. Get them all off, then. Get everyone that's breaking the rules off. You can't just pick one person and do it to them. Well, apparently they can because it's their company and they can do what they want. Right. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about this is it's like it's just because he's the biggest loudmouth they go after him first. And mm -hmm. I'm fine with him taking him down. I don't like the guy. But nope. That doesn't mean that they, I mean, they they should yeah, like you said, be consistent. But yeah. you know who is being consistent? Twitter, Twitter the Nazi platform. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Jack Dorsey came out and said, "We didn't suspend Alex Jones or Infowars yesterday. We know that's hard for many." But the reason is simple. He hasn't violated our rules. We'll enforce if he does. And we'll continue to promote a healthy conversational environment. <laughs> Have you fucking read Twitter? Healthy conversational environment, my ass. By ensuring tweets aren't artificially amplified. And that was the first, uh, first of a series of tweets. And he goes on to say, 
Accounts like Jones's can often sensationalize issues and spread unsubstantiated rumors. So it's critical journalists document, validate, and refute such information directly so people can form their own opinions. This is what serves the public conversation best. Oh, where to start? Would you like to take a crack at it first, Brian? I just say uh, uh, this. Hey, Twitter's your platform, man. You're the one that loves it. I, I, I uh, hashtag Sieg Heil. I'm so over Twitter. <laughs> it's uh, this guy is so full of shit. And out, outside of the fact that everybody's been tweeting him uh, tweets from Alex Jones that are breaking the terms of service. So he has broken the terms of service. There are I mean, when this came out, people just started forwarding, 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 forwarding. Look, this is breaking the terms of service, forwarding, 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 forwarding. So <laughs> he's first off, he's lying. He's flat out lying. He has broken the terms of service. You've just decided that you're going to take a stand and let and do the whole everybody gets a gets a fucking voice thing. So fine. Go ahead. It's your company. But uh, man, I'm done with Twitter. So our president also has broken the terms of service yes, countless has. times and countless they still keep times. him. So remember, yeah. remember when I said all those terrible things about Jack Dorsey and called him out for being alt-right? Well, mm-hmm. my opinion, yeah, pretty much done changed. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure he's uh, got some tiki torches <laughs> in the closet there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what he's thinking at this point, but uh, all right, whatever. It's My opinion of Twitter just keeps going down and down. I, I couldn't get much worse, but it definitely has now, and I'm so glad that we sold the stock from our little stock trade thing. Oh, last I know. Year, <laughs> I I know. Would, if I had it still, I'd feel really bad. Uh, hey, man, I made some beer out of it, so I'm happy. That's true. You did. You did. And uh, Uber has had some uh, bad news this week as well. Uh, in addition to the California High Court has already been talking about the thing that we just mentioned. Uh, New York City has taken the lead and done exactly what Uber and Lyft were desperately hoping New York City wouldn't do, which has set a massive precedent that almost every other city is now going to follow. There's going to be caps. Uh, how many of these rideshare cars can be out there? There's going to be minimum pay rates for drivers. There's going to be all the things that Uber did not want. And it is in their biggest market in the world. So Mm -hmm. suck on it, Uber. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. Me too. And then just jumping back to Facebook really quickly. This is a very long form article. Uh, We've talked a lot about the people you may know thing in our security features in the past. The uh, controversial feature. Uh, Gizmodo has put together a 10 year history of how this has rolled out, the problems it's had, and how creepy it is, and how we still don't even understand how the hell it works. So it's it's a good read if you're into this. And it's just really curious because, you know, all you people that are all butthurt that you think Facebook is listening to your phone and serving you ads should be a lot more worried about how this feature works and the fact that we don't know how it works. I would like to point out really quick here that mm-hmm. this article is by Kashmir Hill who has written every single article on this topic that we've ever seen. And all she does is take the previous one, add a few more sentences, mm-hmm. republish it. So I think this is just the culmination of all of her previous articles on this whole thing. I think she's slowly putting together a book. She has Art- to be. Article, article by article. <laughs> sentence by sentence. One paragraph every month until she gets a book. Yeah, it's like the old school serials, like the way sci-fi used to come out. Can't wait for the next uh, next uh, paper to arrive. <laughs> Oh, uh, my God. And I swore I thought we would never talk about SoundCloud again. They're still here? Well, yeah, sort of. Not really. Somebody, was, <laughs> just like with MoviePass, somebody looked at a failing business model and said, you know what that needs? The same thing, but more. Let's double down on it. <laughs> Let's double down. So we're going to get uh, a company called Audius has just raised $5.5 million to decentralize music on the blockchain, Jason. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Who gave them this money? I want to go sell them a bridge. 
Me too. So you can go read all about this. It's a little bit ridiculous. They're, they're, they're starting small. They're going to be hopefully, you know, just unsigned electronic musicians. You know why? Because no, no major labels can <laughs> let their people be on this and it's not going to work. But hey, you know, you got $5.5 million. So uh, have a few parties and uh, we'll talk about you shutting down in about a year. Kleiner Perkins is even in on this. You know what? Yeah, we can sell them. A we break. Are we're in can... the wrong business. Why are we podcasting, I <laughs> Jason? I mean, look, at these people are just throwing money at the stupidest ideas in the world. Let's just go find another. Well, hey, Snapchat's about to fail. We're about to talk about that. Let's do a Snapchat clone and get some money, Jason. No, Brian, I know. I know what it is. Podcasting's hot right now. We need to put podcasting on the blockchain. Pod chaining. Oh, we're going to be pod chaining. <laughs> pod chaining across the universe on the Starship Enterprise. Oh, sorry, that's a Dr. Demento stuff coming back to me there. Uh, yes, block casting or pod chaining. I don't know which mm. one I like better. Uh, but I do I do know that I don't like Snapchat very much. And I love, I love this title of the article from Gizmodo. Sure looks like Snapchat's becoming a thing we don't have to pretend to care about anymore. Thank God. Uh, well, fortunately, I stopped caring about Snapchat a long time ago, but I just love to make fun of them. Yeah. Uh, they have lost 3 million daily users by the end of Oops. June, they said. Uh, they were peaking at 191 million daily users earlier this year. So down a good chunk. And, they, yeah, of course, they blame their redesign. It's like, oh, our bad redesign. Uh, we feel that we have now addressed the biggest frustrations that we've heard. Except everybody's gone and nobody's coming back. <laughs> but, yeah. but if <laughs> I love this one, uh, they got a $250 million investment from a Saudi prince for 2.3% of the company. This was right <sighs> before their earnings were announced and everything mm -hmm. kind of went cattywampus. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this is Snapchat lost $353 million last quarter, right? Mm -hmm. This guy invests $250 million. That's not even three months. Well, <laughs> it's not even know, three months to, to lose. And as we've learned, oh. math and finances don't matter for these companies. No, it doesn't. And I, I just, this is what boggles my mind, too. How the hell can Snapchat cost $353 million a quarter to run? I don't know. You tell I, me. I really don't know. $353 million for an app that you post pictures to that disappear. I can't even imagine what an employee at Snapchat does all day. I, I really can't. Like, what are they They doing? fired all the engineers. Are, so. Yeah, there's no engineers. Nobody's working on the platform anymore. So as far as I can tell, the money is just being spent paying content providers to put their content up on Snapchat. So Snapchat has some content. I can't even, and there's got to be like project managers that, you know, are keeping in touch with Vice and making sure that they're using the cool new, uh, you know, make sure that you put bunny ears on those people that you're investigating and whatever the hell Snapchat does. Yeah, I, I just don't know. And, and also, you have to remember that Snapchat does have revenue. So they're actually losing more than $353 million a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or they're it's like it, it boggles the mind on how these people stay in business. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, Elon Musk. This one, yes. I this one I thought originally was a joke because Me of too. Some, some of the numbers. It's like Elon Musk tweeted that uh, he would like take the company private when Tesla hit four twenty per share, and I'm thinking, oh, somebody's having a pot joke, you know. <laughs> but of course, everybody went crazy, caddy wumpus, and I think now he's got to stick by it, even if it was a joke. 
I think this is amazing. This is great. I'm I, as an old, long-time shareholder. I'm thrilled about this, <laughs> and I think he should take it private. I think he what he's discovered is is that uh, this isn't really the, the public sector isn't really the game for him. He doesn't want to have to meet uh, expectations and continue the the crazy rat race that we always talk about is the real problem with with uh, our current economic situation. It's what is Apple supposed to do? They already have everyone. And how does that how is that a bad thing? And why would they lose money because they can't get new people? It's the same thing with Tesla. He's doing fine. He's just not meeting these expectations. And if he goes private, he can just do what he wants. And I'm kind of okay with Elon Musk doing what he wants. So what happens to your stock? I'm not very well versed in how this works. Whatever. If it hits 420 and he uh, decides to take it private, that means I will uh, basically be bought out for all my shares. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there's that. Uh, he's talking about doing some other funky stuff where you can stay invested in it as a private company. I haven't read up enough on that yet, so I totally want to because I think I would stick with him. But we'll see. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And we did talk about stock buybacks last episode yeah. a little bit. Uh, there's an article on Vox called "Stock Buybacks Explained." It's a very long article, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to put it there if people want to read it. It goes through everything on <laughs> all of the stock buyback stuff and how it ties into the tax cuts that Trump put out there and how it kind of screws people over sometimes. But uh, Mm -hmm. I will let you guys read it and come up with your own decisions. (laughs) Now this next one, Mm -hmm. Ryan, I I saw this. This was over on Naked Security. Mm -hmm. Facebook wants to be the future of online banking. <laughs> See, here in a nutshell is how you fuck your future by by going for short-term gains. You've given up all your credibility, Facebook, by going for short-term gains, and you cannot pivot this way now because no one, no one is going to give you their credit cards or banking information. Yes, Facebook Facebook has asked big banks to share their customers' personal financial data, including card transactions and checking account balances. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, no. And I swear to God, if I have any card with any company that's giving, going to give Facebook any information, I am canceling and never using that company again. Well, why don't you cancel and don't use Facebook again as well? I don't, I don't, uh, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> I'm not giving <laughs> Facebook any information besides what uh, they already know. <laughs> Which is my carefully manicured garden, Jason. My carefully manicured Facebook garden. I know, I know. Uh, apparently, everybody is saying no. You can't have. You what? Have what? <laughs> that, that's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Oh hmm. my God. Yes, and they're saying they're saying that you know we don't want to do everything with it. We just want to be able to show your checking account balance when you're using you know the messenger app inside of inside of Facebook. I'm like, you know. There's an app for that already. I really don't need you to do that, honestly. It's already creepy enough that PayPal pinged, well, used to ping me on Facebook whenever I would make a transaction. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I like my separations. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, especially after Facebook's recent history. It's, and, you know, and we know that they were trying to go after medical data as well, which is just like, oh, no, 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 no. So they, they couldn't get in our, you know, in our hospital beds. Now they're trying to get into our banks and. They just don't stop. They just don't stop. No, they don't. This episode is sponsored in part by Privacy. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. 
We all buy stuff online more and more, and what Privacy does is give you a temp credit card number for every site you buy from. Also, never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials again. That alone, worth the price of admission. Oh, yes, the price of admission is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do, with the interchange fee paid by merchants. And you know how skeptical we are of free services here on GOG, and these guys actually have a business model to back it up, which gives them the grumpy old geek's seal of approval. I actually reviewed this product when they first launched, and we're not just pimping this product because they paid us, which they did, so that's nice, but I'm an actual customer and love what they're doing over there. If you use a password manager, and why don't you if you listen to this show, you should use this. You don't use the same password everywhere. Why would you use the same credit card number? Cards are locked to a merchant, so you don't have to worry about changing your card everywhere. If one gets hacked, and we all know eventually it will. Sign up takes less than two minutes, and like I said, it's completely free. And so far, they've saved their customers over $100 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. So look, you can freeze cards and set spending limits. Cards lock to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. And you protect yourself from online fraud with virtual card numbers. And it's disposable. You can delete a card anytime. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's 5 bucks free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. No brainer. Get on it now. Privacy.com slash GOG. This episode is also sponsored by Betterment. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you know I can't get enough of that hot stock talk, and I like to invest in the stock market, and I'm always looking for a smarter, better way to do it. You're not the average investor, so why settle for the same old average investing? Now there's a smarter way to manage your money, Betterment. Betterment is an online financial advisor for people who refuse to settle for average. They use cutting-edge technology combined with human expertise to build personalized portfolios and help you make more from your investments. They guide you along the way with advice to help you make smart financial decisions, and all of this is for one low, transparent fee. So plan for your retirement, reach your financial goals, and make the most out of your money. Don't settle for average investing. Demand better. You get constant access to information and tools that allow you to track your progress towards your goals so you can always feel like a smart, savvy investor. Investing involves risk. Grumpy Old Geeks listeners can get up to one year managed free by visiting betterment.com slash GOG. That's betterment.com slash GOG. Betterment. Outsmart average. Security? Ha! We are not back again this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire podcast because he's in Las Vegas sweating his balls off at Black Hat. <laughs> but he did finally notice that the uh, the Luxor has Wonkavators, as he posted on Twitter, which is cool. What's a Wonkavator? It's a, they've got elevators that go at crazy angles. Oh, okay. He's never noticed that? Because, you know, it's a big pyramid. I don't think he'd been in there before. Oh, <laughs> okay. I've, I've been in there before. I just I thought everybody knew that. <laughs> That's yes. funny. So we've got a couple stories this week. We're... Anxiously anticipating Bittner's return with news from Black Hat and all the cool stories if he doesn't get his computer hacked and can't actually post anything. But the first one I've got is DARPA takes aim at deepfake forgeries. Remember mm-hmm. deepfake? Yes. The the AI program that can make yes. they can like make movies with different people's faces on from different scenes and things like that. Yes. Well, DARPA apparently is very upset about this. And Well, somebody should be. Yeah, but you know. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which is DARPA, (laughs) you'd think they'd have something else to do, but they do have a media forensics program. And the whole point of this is they're worried about, you know, nation states using this to, you know, destabilize world politics by Mm -hmm. making fake videos. So they do have a they do have a horse in the race. I got to say that. Yeah. But they're making headway on figuring this out, which unfortunately they published, which means the people who run deep (laughs) fakes can now go figure out how to fix it. (laughs) 
apparently a lot of the photos that people use on the deep fakes are they have their eyes open. So when it's mapped onto the other face, the eyelids are a problem when they try and make the person blink because a video, a five minute video of Barack Obama telling everybody that, you know, he likes to smoke ganja and, you know, rape little babies doesn't work well if he doesn't blink. So they the True. program tries to make him blink. And apparently it's not very good at uh, blinking yet. So they have they have created blink recognition technology to help ferret oh. these things have they, out. Have they tried the blink tag? <laughs> From, oh, from HTML 1.0. Oh, dad jokes, dad jokes now. Dad jokes. Oh, man. So at least somebody's, uh, you know, going after this because it's something that we worried about when we first saw some of the original things out there. Oh, it's definitely something to be worried about. I mean, we're we're rapidly getting to a point where we're, we're just not going to be able to trust anything. You know, that's that. So I'm I'm glad that somebody's trying to figure this out. Yeah, I think at some point we're going to have to have encryption in the chips on the cameras to verify, like, actual videos. You know what might fix all this, Jason? The blockchain! Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> all your videos are belong to blockchain. Great. Yes. Now, this came out of Black Hat, too, which is pretty fun. This comes from IBM. IBM mm -hmm. has a cybersecurity division called X-Force Red. Nice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's IBM is so stodgy. I can't believe that they went with that name. That's so fantastic. I know. Those guys those guys don't have to wear ties. No, they don't. Where do you work? <laughs> X-Force Red. <laughs> you know, you know what they do have to wear ties? They have to wear those skinny like vinyl ties like Max Headroom. All right. <laughs> so they have to wear wrap around sunglasses. <laughs> oh, I can just see see all these guys looking like Max Headroom. Uh well, apparently the smart city systems of the future. Well, yeah, you know, the IoT yeah, they put mm -hmm. the they put the S in the IoT. They have discovered 17 zero day vulnerabilities in smart city systems, which could debilitate core services. Oops. Yeah, there's a there's a laundry list of these things here. And most of it comes back to a lot of just hard coded admin accounts uh, with, you know, usernames and passwords you can't change. It boggles the mind. <laughs> I mean, it just boggles the fucking mind. Now, we just recently talked about how San Diego basically rolled this out. So, yeah, and they're good. and they're making it worse. You know, there's yeah. authentication bypass, SQL injections, uh, pre-authentication shell injection flaws. Uh, Where's some of these other ones? Oh, there's just so many of them. Authentication <laughs> flaws, unencrypted communications, unencrypted communications. That's really something you want with your smart city system. <laughs> yeah oops oh god yeah so uh hopefully these people are going to start getting on the ball because yeah i mean granted my little iot light bulbs somebody hacks my little iot light bulbs yeah it's an inconvenience if somebody hacks the street light system for an entire city uh, that's a bigger problem <laughs> although yes. you could have a lot of fun with it i gotta say oh boy yeah you could have a lot of fun with that and we've talked in the past about how cash is starting to go away. And Jason and I are both big, uh, big believers in cash. We both carry cash on us at all times. Not that much, though. Not Don't that much. Not that much. Yeah. If you see us on the not street, it's much. really not that much. <laughs> Honestly, it's like six bucks. Yeah. I, I, you got six bucks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's going away. It's it's out of vogue. It's out of fashion. People like using their phones. They like the cashless society thing. There's a really good article in The Atlantic that says how this could possibly be not so good and could embolden Big Brother. So it goes into uh, just the idea that uh, basically cash has now just become information. It's just uh, zeros and ones. Yeah. 
and uh, wherever information gathers and flows, two predators follow closely behind it, censorship and surveillance. The case of digital money is no exception. Where money becomes a series of signals, it can be censored. Where money becomes information, it will inform on you. And the one thing they didn't really get into this in this article is when money becomes information, it can be hacked and stolen. A lot easier. But the other thing that they're talking about that they don't really talk about here that gets me is like, yeah, okay, Big Brother surveillance, hacking, all this stuff. Fuck that. The IRS, <laughs> the government in taxes, when yes. everything is digital, they can just take it whenever they. Well, yep. they, they can't do it now, but they can track it easier. So it just it just becomes one of those things where it's like, oh, there is an upside to that actually. Now that I think about it, in the future. Maybe we don't have the IRS. We don't have to do our tax returns manually. They just do it Do it anytime there's a transaction. They take their cut and then they leave us alone. Wait, are you talking about something that we would consider to be a flat tax that would make sense? No, it doesn't even have to be a flat <laughs> tax. It could. Well, it could be a flat tax. And at the end of the year, they basically, you know, reconcile everything themselves, give you a list and say, here's what you earned. Here's what you did. Here's what you here's what you, we got from you already. And here's what you owe that we just took yesterday. Never mind. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> or here's some money back. Right. You know, you, that'll happen. You put in your estimated earnings and then they just handle it because everything is cashless now. <laughs> Not going to happen. But no. well, at least hopefully it won't happen in my lifetime. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I still like cash. Me too. And I got to say, you can't snort Coke with a QR code. Ups and doodads. So, like uh, I mentioned before, my birthday was a week ago, and mm -hmm. I got a birthday present from my dad and my stepmom. Yes. Now, I, I opened the box up, and I'm like, um, you, you got me a toy for my 47th <laughs> birthday? Uh, they got me a Cosmo. <laughs> they got me a Cosmo robot toy. Okay. Uh, apparently, they got one for me and my brother, who is 27. Mm. And uh, they, they must have seen it on a TV show. That's what they were saying. So, they, they got us each one of these things. Now they're not cheap. They're like 180 bucks. Yeah. They're they're very much not cheap. But <laughs> they said that they were the cutest thing they've ever seen and so they got us them. And I'm mm -hmm. like, "Okay, it took me a week to, you know, take it out and charge it up and try it out." So I tried it out yesterday. This is the coolest little robot I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, you're going to love this I figured this it was going to be a positive review. Yeah. Your kid would love one of these. The, the first thing you do is you set it up with facial recognition. So, you, you know, you type in your name on your phone after you get it set mm -hmm. up and you stare at it and then it starts saying your name. It's like, Jason, Jason. And it's like blinking and run, running around, moving its arms around. And it is so cute. And then the dogs came over and, of course, we're like, what's that? So they, were, they wanted to play with it, too. It does not have dog recognition per se. It can see that it is a dog and it will say pet. I guess, but uh, okay. I, I'm not letting the dogs get close enough to it because it is small enough that one chomp from Bam Bam and there goes Cosmo. Right. Uh, it's very, I, I posted a picture on, on Bam Bam's Instagram if anybody wants to go take a look at the size difference, but this thing is cute and it plays games and it's kind of like a Tamagotchi where you have to take it out every day. It'll, it'll send you a notification to your phone. It's like, I'm ready to be, take. yeah, you have to feed it. It's like, I'm ready to be fed and I'm ready to be played with. And if you play uh, with it, can you if, turn that off? If you play with it every day, then it unlocks new games because it, it, oh, it has God. games. It comes with these little blocks and you play a game like the, the first one is uh, you two blocks like one. He's got one block. I've got the other block and the blocks flash colors. And when the colors match, you have to press the first person or the first entity <laughs> to press the cube wins and you play till five. 
And it was fun. It was actually fun. It's, it's, I, I don't know. It's cute. I'm sorry that I don't have cute technology like this anymore. I don't have, it's not a killer drone. I'm not going to figure out a way that I can turn my Cosmo <laughs> into a robo assassin device, but it is just something that is cute. And the, the facial expressions, it just puts a smile on my face. I don't know why. It, it looks cute. And I'm looking at it and uh, my son is still too young for it. It says a, a three and up ah. because of small parts and things like that. But the problem I would have with this uh, getting it for him, say, when he was three or whatever, much like getting a pet, um, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of work for me because <laughs> he's not, he's not going to be the one that makes sure that it gets fed and woken up every single day. That's going to be my ass doing it. So I think I'll wait until he's old enough to have a phone and uh, can take care of it himself. Okay. Well, at least it doesn't poop. So you don't have to take yes. it out at three in the morning. This and true. there's a new one that just came out. That's like the big brother to Cosmo, which I'm sure is like probably $300. But mm-hmm. uh, I saw a quick review of it and it's black. So it's like that one would be the assassin bot. But I don't right. know. Just next time you, you come over here, I come over there. I'll bring it with, and you got to see this thing. It is cute as hell. And I'm sorry, it just <laughs> made me laugh. So that was my my weird birthday present from my my parents. I don't know why they thought that sending a 47 year old man a toy robot would be good, but it actually worked. <laughs> right. Uh, next thing I got is uh, the Geek Bees two piece smart Wi Fi plug socket outlet compatible with Alexa, Google Home app, remote control, timing socket for Android and iOS. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bought these like a year and a half ago, and we talked about it a little bit on the show. Mm-hmm. I They sat in a drawer. I never used them because right. I couldn't figure out what the hell I wanted to use them for. There's nothing yeah. really I want with Alexa for power and stuff like that. But I did find a use for them finally because I'm like, I bound and determined. I'm like, I'm going to find a use for these things so we can talk about it on the show come hell or high water. So mm-hmm. in my bedroom, I have my media center. I have my TV, my Xbox, Apple TV, and, and DirecTV controller. All go into one power strip and then that goes into the wall. So yep. I put the GeekBees socket between the power strip and the wall, set it up so I can turn off the entire the power to the entire unit basically with a tap on my iPhone on the, the right. app. Works like a charm, really easy to use. And the thing about it is, I don't know if you know much about vampire power or what they call standby power officially, but Yes. A lot of these devices are sucking juice all day long. And I, yeah. I have some smart power strips that we talked about on the show that I implemented back in Chicago and had a huge savings on my, mm-hmm. my power. And I'm thinking, okay, well, hell, if I can just turn the whole thing off with a touch of a button instead of having to crawl behind it and find the button on the power strip and all that crap, let's use it. It's worked great so far. I can't wait to figure out how much power we've saved, but... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a great little use for it. If you've got anything that you basically just need to turn off or on, they're good for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's literally all they do. It's, it's like a, a power gate. Right. Look, I, I've got two comments on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how in God's name do they not include a USB plug mm. for power on this thing? That seems like it would be a no-brainer because, you know, you might want to just stick in something like a charge your phone with it or something like that. So the, no USB on it is, is ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand uh, and, how that would work, though. If, if you just if, I mean, USB would always be on. So I don't I don't get what the use case would be because it is just a socket. It's, a, it, it's an in-between to your, your outlet in the wall. Whenever I do anything with sockets these days, I, I always make sure I, I've replaced all of mine so that they have power and USB. Right. Just because everybody wants to charge and stuff like that. It just makes sense. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that they didn't stick one on the side of this thing. It's, it wouldn't be that much for them to do that. Uh, and secondly, when you look at it straight on, it looks like it's screaming in pain and terror. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, for, what it, for what it does, it actually does the job. 
So okay, <laughs> uh, I just don't. I would feel bad every time I looked at it. It looks like it's very sad. <laughs> it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> Design flaw. Uh, yes. But anyway, if you need something to just turn things off and on, like an outside light or something like that, then um, I will probably use them with my Christmas lights this year for sure. Right. I think that'll be an easy one. Oh, that's yeah, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, and I have a little gaming chair follow up on the Ficmax. Max. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Ergonomic, high back, large size, office desk chair, swivel, black, PC gaming chair with lumbar massage support and retractable footrest. Yes. So it does have massage support in it, which I didn't realize that it actually has a massaging lumbar support. You have to plug in a, I could plug it into a Geekbees USB if I had one. Um, It's basically just a little pad that goes on your back that you can slide up and down to adjust to different spots and uh, plug in, plug it into USB power. I plug it into a little anchor battery and stuff it in the back and it's got a switch for two speed vibration on your back, which is actually really nice. Turned out to be really nice. Um, The headrest doesn't really fit right. So I took it off. So it's like, eh, it's, it's a decent chair for, you know, what I paid is like 198 or $889, something like that. I can sit in it for like seven hours and not feel any strain when I get out of it. So that's, that's a plus. It is definitely made for people who want to sit in one position for a long time <laughs> and stare at a screen. That's really right. what it's made for. So uh, I'd give it a four, four out of five so far. All right. Funny little anecdote about uh, Fick Max. Uh, when you talked about them last week and I was getting ready to do our social updates, I, I went to Twitter to try to find them uh, so I could include them in the update. And uh, they had been banned by Twitter. Don't. So Jack Dorsey <laughs> is banned a company that makes chairs but can't ban Alex Jones. Yeah. Uh, go figure. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to stop right there. There's so many things <laughs> I could say there, but I'm just going to stop. Oh, man. And um, I'm trying to use my PC again now that I can. I yes. got it set up with this new monitor that I got. Mm-hmm. And I have to switch over to some decent recording studio software. So I got uh, PreSona Studio One version four, and I'm working mm-hmm. my way through that. If the, the only reason I'm going to mention this here is if. Anybody who listens to the show uses Studio One and has some good tutorials that I can find because the tutorials I found are terrible. Uh, if you've got right. some good tutorials or a book to get on Studio One, please send them my way. Jason at grumpyoldgeeks.com. I would be much appreciated because it's it's decent so far, but I, there's a lot to learn in it. It's, you know, it's like learning right. logic from scratch because every single one of these things, every single one of these DAWs, has their own language, and it's like, I would rather just find something to get up to speed quick. And someone asked me about why I love my iPad Pro so much on Twitter, and it just comes down to these three few apps. Airmail 3. I love Airmail 3. I use it on my Mac, and I use it on my iPad, and it syncs together, and you can do all sorts of fun stuff with it. Like, you don't have to have Boomerang on Gmail. Like, it's one of those apps that I used to pay for, where you could, you know, Mm. schedule things to come back if nobody replies after a certain amount of time, or just a snooze mail to come back later or black hole mail, which is my favorite. So you never see it again. Great app for that. Run that on my iPad. I also run reader three on the iPad. So that's how I get through all the news every week. All the huge amounts of news. I sit out in the morning on the deck with my coffee and I just scroll with my Apple pencil on my iPad and just go through hundreds of articles every day. It makes it super easy. And then I just save those to pinboard and look at them later. The last app that is a must have is things. I, you know, I've had my love hate relationship with things over the years. Yes. There are things three now. And I started with things one in our first review. And when they went to things two, my, my epic rant about why are you charging me another hundred dollars <laughs> for an update? 
And they did it again with Things 3. But you know what? The, the damn thing works. Because the nice thing is with Air, you can do uh, an integration with Airmail 3. So if I have an email that I want to add to a to-do item, Airmail 3 integrates with Things. So I can just have a little button that says open it in Things and it'll just immediately create a to-do for it. And I can just set the little parameters for it. Fantastic little piece of software. So those those three things are what kind of get us through this show every week, at least on my side of right. production. <laughs> right. Uh, and then somebody on Twitter asked us uh, what we were using to delete our old tweets. So I just want to re-mention that on the show. We both use tweetdelete.net mm-hmm. since people have been asking. And uh, that got me thinking, I wonder, because when we first looked into it, the, the quality of, of plugins and extensions for deleting things off Facebook was pretty dire. Uh, they didn't work well. They really kind of sucked. I wanted to see if they were any better. So I did a Google search and of course ended up at Lifehacker because they throw everything at the wall to see what sticks. And uh, apparently there is a new version of the Chrome extension that we had talked about way, way long time ago on the show. Uh, and the title of the article is quickly delete years of Facebook posts with this Chrome extension. But as I went through and read the article, it doesn't seem that it's all that quick. So it doesn't look like they're any better. Uh, you're not, you're kind of shit out of luck if you want to just go through and start deleting old Facebook posts. Yeah. It's just going to take some time. Yeah. 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 Guess who wrote that yeah. fucking article? <laughs> you're yep. my favorite person in the world. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, mm-hmm. social book post manager, it does work and they have actually added one new feature that makes it much easier. You can, mm-hmm. you can go by year and you used to have to go by year and then select a month and you can only do that month. Now they have yeah. a selection for all months. So you can delete all posts within an entire year. So that's an upgrade. Yeah. That's definitely an upgrade. And it does work. You only have to run it four yep. or five times to get to, to delete it all. <laughs> it's not it's not great software, but it does work for the most part. You just have to run it a couple times to get everything out. Right. So and I got one for you, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, parenting in the age of Alexa and her ilk. Uh, did you get a chance yes. to read this one? I did. I did. What did you yeah. think? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I My son is already actually saying. Well, he doesn't quite say it correctly, but he goes, echo, echo, because <laughs> he hears us talk to it enough to, to kind of know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he knows to expect to hear music and things like that coming from it. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, especially as his as he starts to really kind of connect the dots and is able to start asking questions. I, I you know, it's going to be something that I'm going to monitor. And if it feels weird, I'm just going to disconnect them and take them away, which would suck because I've gotten used to using them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the real fun part of this article is that uh, one of these kids first words were hi, Google, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And that is what's going to happen. Yeah. And as these things get better and you can actually voice print to the different devices you can so you know it's like okay if it hears your kid then it knows okay yeah. kid mode and then if yes, it hears kid mode or shut it off completely or yeah whatever and if it hears so. you and it can tell if you're slurring or not it can either be in regular adult mode or drunken mode <laughs> so you don't want to <laughs> be uh sending anything different but uh, yeah I, I thought it was a decent article and something to think about since you have a kid and how it's going yeah definitely i i did uh, i did enjoy the article and i found one for you jason okay it's a it's a site called Does the Dog Die? Okay. <laughs> so, if you're excited for a new show, but the and the trailers look pretty violent, so you're a little worried about that, you can stand a little fighting, but you really hate torture scenes, or you hate puke shots, or you need to avoid strobe effects, or your actual dog just died, and rather not be reminded by a movie, don't watch John Wick. Look up the title <laughs> on Does the Dog Die, a site that collects warnings about anxiety triggers and unpleasant elements in over 6,000 movies, TVs, books, and video games. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, because we are in living in the triggered society now. Yeah, you know, it, 
I can see how some people might get upset by certain things in movies. And you just turn the movie off. But I'm, a, I'm an adult. I know that it's not yes. a real dog dying. <laughs> it's not. I uh, know. The puppy didn't actually die in John Wick. Yeah. There's something at the very end of every single movie that says that no animals were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, unless you're coming from the Ukraine. It's like, no, we actually killed a dog. <laughs> it's okay. No, we, we killed didn't. a dog. A- and the people. And the people. Yeah. <laughs> This is actually a documentary. We kill, we kill everybody. <laughs> Magic Leap is in the news because they finally released their little gadget. They've leaped. They've leaped. The Magic Leap 1 Creators Edition is out. And for a mere $2,299 <laughs> or $95, you can get yours. Yes. And what I really love was The Verge got their hands on one. And the mm-hmm. the journalist who was, has been tracking Magic Leap for years and is just... She's so in love with it and the, just loved the the idea of it and, and basically believed every press release they put out was yes. was kind of uh, kind of let down when she actually got to try it in person. So wait, it wasn't that interesting or that good? It wasn't as good as they promised. The field of view is very wow, small. Who would have uh, thought that? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, it's not Star <laughs> Trek technology for uh, how the umpteen billions that they've done. I mean, I I I think the glasses look decent. The pack looks decent. It's not bad, you know? It's not bad. It's okay. It doesn't look quite as cool as I thought. It looks a little clunkier and goofier than I thought it would. It looks like you're a really bad, happy robot from 1950s movies, but it's all right. Uh, you know, I, I don't have much faith in this because uh, in, addition, in addition to Magic Leap actually leaping, uh, the guy in charge of Magic Leap's uh, market strategy also leapt out of the company. <laughs> so he decided to wash his hands of this. And uh, even though this was his baby, uh, he quit. So Jeff Gaddis, uh, the company's VP of product marketing, who also oversees product management, left after more than two and a half years there as they went to market. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I got to say, the one thing that I thought was very clever is the way that their headband expands. I thought that was very clever. If you watch the video on uh, The Verge, it's a good video to watch. Yeah. But the way that you put it on, it it's like a really nice system, I thought, for actually sizing to your head. And right. it, there's, I mean, there's so many cameras in that thing. I had no idea. But Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, I think, I think in the future, as computing power gets uh, it's a little bigger, you can also, I mean, the, the demos that they're showing are with the little pack that you can put on, the little circular disc, like discs of Tron computer that they've got. <laughs> I think yeah. in the future they, they they were talking about there's going to be another upgrade where you can have an actual PC backpack and go with that. Gotcha. So you can have like full on, you know, immersive VR with more computing power. I think the real limiting factor, though, is that field of vision that they've got right. is way too narrow yeah. compared to everything else. And it seems like after everybody's been talking about these HoloLens, which is like, you know, been out for a couple of years already is the winner so far still yeah brick a brick. Now, i was surfing around youtube one night after a couple cocktails um as i sometimes do not very often i'm not one of those big <laughs> youtube searchers but i ran across this uh, actually no this one this one might have actually come from uh, a fan of ours on twitter uh sunday morning tv memories 1964 to 1976 <laughs> and it's all about different things you would see on Saturday mornings, the cartoons, the commercials and all the different shows. And it's like right. a half an hour long. And I was transfixed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God, I remember that. I remember that. Oh, that was a great show. What happened to that show? Oh, man. And then, of course, after that's over, then you go down the rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, what happened to Tom? Oh, yes. what, you know, where's Captain Caveman? I want to watch some episodes of that. 
if you're if you are, you know, if you were watching TV up until 1976, like some of us were, this will be a wash, a wash, a walk down memory lane, because even this is stuff from 1964, the earlier stuff we saw in reruns. You know, you didn't yeah, have to see it true. new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most yeah. of this stuff I've seen and it was great. Nice. Very cool. We've talked about sleep a lot on this show, and I just uh, this this crossed my eye and on inverse.com, and I just thought it was really interesting. Have you ever had uh, the nightmare where you wake up in the middle of the night and your body is frozen and pinned and you can't move? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, everybody does. Mm-hmm. Like, literally everyone. They've done some scientists have studied this phenomenon and found that it's a neurologically driven process. So this uh, it's not a cultural thing. It transcends. Everybody has had this. And the reason is because when we're asleep, we are actually physically paralyzed for a big chunk of that time. Yes, yes. Who knew? So if you uh, if you have a problem with it, if something goes awry with your sleep process and you wake up during that period, you literally cannot move. Yeah, before you go into REM sleep, you are your your body basically just freezes you out. There's a new book that I was reading called Why We Sleep, mm-hmm. and I was just listening to it the other night before I read this. And they, they were it, that was part of the book and talking about that system where it's like you can't move, <laughs> you're screwed. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like what kind of weird evolutionary trigger is this? It's like okay, let's make us just you know food for any predator that's around where we can't actually move for a couple hours a night. So <laughs> what is the evolutionary need for sleep was what the, the whole chapter was about. So I'm, I'm going to review this book maybe next week or the week after. I'm like almost done with it, but it's a great book yeah. if you're interested in the science of sleep and all the new stuff that they've been figuring out in just the past couple of years. It's crazy amazing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's terrifying when you wake up and you're just like, ah, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, what the fuck, uh, the EPA is now in, uh, they're now allowing asbestos back into manufacturing. What could possibly go wrong? You want to talk about like Saturday morning TV memories or childhood memories? All I remember from being a kid is asbestos. Asbestos is killing people. We have to tear it out of the walls. It's killing everybody. Well, thanks for bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know who's really happy about this? Every single mesothelioma lawyer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get even more of those commercials on late night tv now and my roommate sent this one to me yesterday and i just had to laugh broadcom founder billionaire busted in las vegas for room stocked with drugs <laughs> this is an interesting story <laughs> henry nicholas iii the billionaire co-founder of tech giant broadcom was arrested after cops say they found cases of hard drugs in his las vegas hotel room here's the thing he was there with his girlfriend ashley fargo you know who Ashley Fargo is? I'm guessing this relates to a bank. Uh, she's the ex-wife of Wells Fargo heir Brian Fargo. Ah. She had a balloon in her mouth and had apparently OD'd on nitrous. Wow, that takes effort. That takes a lot of effort. <laughs> I mean, I've tried. <laughs> I've definitely tried. You have to remember that <laughs> when, you're, when you're sucking on that balloon, there is no oxygen going in. So every now and again, take a breath of real air. That's how the pros do it. <laughs> <laughs> that and other drug taking tips on the next episode of grumpy Old I, I grew up in a nitrous a nitrous world and that's pretty much all we had in the midwest to get that and you know that that was a nice thing when we first started out all we had was whipped cream so we'd go to the grocery store and sneak some puffs off the whipped cream right and uh put them back of course <laughs> you're welcome for that midwest people who have all of our spit on your whipped cream uh but then of course we moved into you know uh, whippets and crackers and all that stuff and then once we got old enough we could go to the dental supply shops and get, get, get six foot tanks of nitrous. That's <laughs> why I have no brain cells left. Uh, and apparently <laughs> Henry Nicholas III has no brain cells left because they found 
tons of drugs in his room and they the security had to come in because they said they had a bunch of cases that looked like they might be used to carry weapons and now apparently in a hotel if you have something that looked like you can put a weapon in it they are allowed to come in your room and search yep yeah so they found heroin cocaine meth and mdma some of the pills were stamped with winnie the pooh (laughs) and this got me thinking it's like billionaire he's a billionaire Mm -hmm. and he's staying in a hotel Yes. yes You'd think you'd have enough money to like maybe get a private villa or something like that. And then uh, I started talking with my roommate and it's like, oh, these people are just so rich. They don't think anything could ever happen to them. And then it got us onto the topic of the term that has been recently brought into the lexicon called affluenza. Have you heard of affluenza before? I have. I it's yeah. It's it, here, here's the Wikipedia definition. Oh, to dream. I know. Oh, <laughs> I I really wish somebody would come over and give me a case of affluenza. Affluenza is a portmanteau of affluence and influenza is a term used by critics of consumerism. It is thought to have been first used in 1954, but it gained legs as a concept with 1997 PBS documentary of the same name and subsequent book Affluenza: The All-Consuming Epidemic. Now, all it is is rich people not giving a shit. Is what it is. And I would like a case of that. Me too. Closing shout outs. Big hat tip to Justin Vandenberg for help with my cabling issue for my new 4K monitor on my old ass MacBook Pros. I was using the wrong cable and it wasn't working right. And then he pointed me in the right direction. So I appreciate it, Justin. Thank you very much. I am now in 4K goodness. Nice. And I just wanted to say uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for chiming in on us changing up the show and giving this a go trying twice a week. Uh, Thank you for all the feedback in general. The show is a lot more fun when we have a give and take with all of you. And thank you in advance for hanging in there. And I hope you like what we end up doing with this thing. So thank you. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Cost us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 271. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week. Jean-Luc Picard is back. <laughs>